4: Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. We are talking about another win, three consecutive wins against Newcastle, against Nottingham Forest and now against Everton today. Yes, we made hard work of it, but three points is three points. We are now back in the top four and we are only three points away from top spot. I think it's very fair to say, had we have got all of our players fit and available, not suspended throughout the whole of this season, Spurs would be sitting top of the Premier League table. Anyway, to talk about today's game, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Everton 1. We've got back on the show, actor Ricky Norwood, fresh from the uh, ice skating, from Dancing on Ice. Rick, how are you, mate?
0: I am good, my friend. I've missed all of you, man. I've missed all of you. It's so nice to be back on, especially during Christmas time. So everybody's celebrating Christmas. I send you all the love in the world. I know it's crazy right now. I know there's last-minute presents going on right now. There's last-minute shopping going on right now. But all your efforts will be appreciated and uh, that effort today was definitely appreciated. So I'm super happy with the three points. Let's crack on.
4: Also back with us, the man that brings
1: all of the trophies and all of the medals to this show, Richard Whitehead, MBE. <laughs> Rich, how are you? How's it going, mate? Yeah. I said my hands are a little bit clammy after that game, believe you, the last five or six minutes. But yeah, I'm all happy and smiley, which is brilliant because over the last like four or five weeks... It's been tough. The last couple of games have really kind of brought you back into line. But always happy to be on the show. And everybody, get subscribing. Get subscribing to this the show. And also back with us, channel regular Craig Dearman.
4: Craig, how are you?
5: Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, the heart rate's dropped since since the game finished. But um, my God, this club, don't they do it to you? But I think you did right. Sixteen points dropped from winning positions. We would be top of the league and if we could have just addressed that. But look, it is what it is. We're still in a good place. We're going into Christmas in fourth. So we got the win. It's all good. Everybody's smiling.
4: Well, let me just show you the picture on how close it was to actually be in a draw right at the end. Dan Juma. No goal. This went to VAR. No goal. Uh, that is how close it was. Now, straight after the final whistle, I bumped into Fabio Prastri and uh, Daniel Levy was actually with him in the corridor. Some, well, one of the fans asked... Uh, Daniel Levy, what we'll be doing in the January transfer window. His reply was, we will do our best. But as you can see by this photo, Fabio full of smiles yet again. Um, Now Tottenham Hotspur 2, Everton 1. Of course, Richarlison put Spurs 1-0 up after nine minutes. Sonny doubled our lead after 18 minutes. And Gomez uh, grabbing one back for Everton in the 82nd minute. Of course, Everton also had um, a goal disallowed. Um, as I mentioned, Spurs are back in the top four. We've now played 18 We've won 11 We've drawn three. We've lost four. We've got a goal difference of plus 13. We have 36 points. Um, Arsenal and Aston Villa are in first and second, respectively, with 39 points. And Liverpool just above us in third with 38 points. Now, um, Ricky, let's start the show with you. Your thoughts on today's game.
0: Wow. Well, today, you know, it was a crazy one today. I I thought, you know, uh, Everton have been doing very well in the league since they got their 10-point deduction. And you've seen definitely a battled, battle-ready side from them. Um, They've gone on a great run so far, so it was always going to be a difficult game. And the beginning of the game, I felt that, you know, um, Everton had a lot of the ball and they had a couple of the chances, first five minutes. But then we got into our stride started playing some sexy football, some sexy one-touch football from back to front. And some of it was, you know, breathtaking. Um, but um, after the two goals, and I, I know we'll break everything down, but after the two goals, I, I don't know, we went back into our shell a little bit. It felt like when we go one goal up in the past and we just sat back a little bit, we didn't push on. Well, it seemed the same after that second goal that we didn't really push on. And we just allowed Everton to kind of grow into the game and... Um, I think we was the, as always, the majority of the time, we, we, we was the kind of, the orchestrators of our own downfall. Um, we orchestrated our own problems. Some of the passes were a bit short. Some of them were not, you know, some of them were a little bit too forceful. Um, we kept missing out by millimetres on, on some of the play that we wanted to play. You know, some of that Ange ball, some of that Tottenham way. I, I think it just went. It went bitty. Um, I, I was hoping for them to come out firing for the second half. They did, but it was a scrap. You could see that Everton were on it, and they grew. Um, you know, towards the end of that first half, they 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 grew in confidence and they grew in belief. Uh, so that when they came out in the second half, they were ready to go at us, and they did. They did. Um, I think we was pretty lucky. It could have gone either way. That disallowed goal from Everton um and i think he was pretty lucky to come out with with all three points um but you know there's 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 difference in personnel you can definitely see when different personnel come into the side how that football changes but you've got to give it to the boys for their effort their fight um their togetherness uh they stuck together as a unit and they they fought hard to to keep the three points uh, in the bag so you've got to send a big thank you and a big well done to the boys and thank you to big Ange for the three points uh, for christmas do you know what i mean
4: i'll tell you what ricky the uh, the mood here at the tottenham spurs stadium today is a really really pleasant one of course we've got christmas in a couple of days spurs uh, winning again only three points away from that top spot um, I'm excited going forward into 2024, and uh, I know we're going to talk about the January transfer window later on in the show. But you know, a couple of additions, you know, getting these players back from suspension, getting these players back from injury, we have got a, a great squad, and of course, we know we have a fantastic manager as well. So it's mm. great to see us all smiling on the stream again. Um, Rich, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts. Actually, before we get your thoughts, let me go through the match stats. Spurs had sixty-one percent possession to Everton's thirty-nine percent shots. We had thirteen to Everton's eighteen shots on target. Spurs six, Everton eight. Corners we only had three to Everton's eight. Fouls, Spurs six, Everton
1: eighteen. Rich, your thoughts on today's game? Yeah, the game was um, game was too harsh, really. And uh, the first half, I think we came out. Um, The first five minutes, it was actually a little sloppy. I thought Everton were on top. Um, The the good press, and then Spurs started to turn the the screw a little bit regarding possession. Uh, Some nice kind of interplay between uh, the midfield. Um, Obviously, Richarlison, with his newfound confidence, uh, looked like he was on it today. Sonny, lots of energy. And then around that kind of 30-minute... Mark, I could see that obviously being 2 in a up, then then Everton came into the game and they, they were a good team. You can tell they were a good team. Well drilled and um, we were very lucky today because we were very sloppy. Very sloppy with the ball. I thought five or six of the players looked like they were empty in that second half. Um, and like Ricky was saying as well, when the dynamic of the team changes it then puts more and more pressure on the team and the team seemed to sit further and further back. And obviously that isn't the way that Ange wants to play ball. That's the more kind of Conte way. And uh, for me, those last five or six minutes were a real kind of struggle to watch because you could see a goal coming that would lose us two vital points that would put us into the top four. Um, but saying that, obviously a smile on my face with three points, and also, what you've got to think is, after, after November being so bad, then I, I, what's happened is we've had game after game after game, and that momentum is there, it, it, it's coming, but it's also very tiring. So if you haven't got the reinforcement, reinforcements or the weapons on the bench, to come on and keep that level as high, it is a real struggle. And I think today, in that second half, it really shows that vulnerability within the whole squad. Rich, full credit to Everton, though. They, they certainly went for it
4: today, didn't they?
1: Yeah, you could see that, that last 15 minutes, they were playing four what fun? They were literally going for it. But um, obviously Gomez coming on uh, for them, like, turn the game, I, I think. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of time on the ball. Um, I think because of um, a couple of our, obviously, suspension injuries in that midfield area, we started to look overrun. Uh, in that second half. And then as they pushed their uh, wider men further forwards, they didn't know whether to stick or gamble the midfielders to actually man-mark those those players. And there were so many times, if you look at the game, how many times they had three on two. Um, and we were just lucky that they were so wasteful. If you look at their chances and how good their chances was compared with the ones that we have. Oh, yes, we could have made it 3-0. Uh, with Decky with that that, uh, that one-on-one but uh, good save from Pickford but um, for me, I think with a sigh of relief move on to the next game and uh, enjoy Christmas as a Spurs fan which is always great <laughs> Craig, let's come to you let's get your thoughts on today's win
3: Moaning
5: Craig <laughs> Moaning Craig, yeah Craig. Craig's moment of the week, yeah, yeah, not much to moan about at the moment, the at moment to be yeah, get it out of the way. Um, uh, to, firstly, uh, uh, just a shout out to Bev Benson and Rhythm 2671 said we're us three, of her, her and I don't know whether the other one's a male or a female, but uh, we're the three favorite guests of those two viewers, so I think it's very, nice. It's very nice, very nice. Um, really yeah, thoughts on the game. Uh, just much echoing what the chaps have already said. To be honest, it was it was a tough watch that last ten minutes, and to be honest, more or less a hold of the second half. I think if if Brendan Johnson chance goes in in the first half, it would have been a completely different game. Um, he, he just needs to get his shooting boots on, Brendan. He does a lot of good work, but just just that final product, I think that would have uh, put the game to bed in the first half. So uh, so yeah, it just does go to show the players coming in. Um, aren't quite at the level but they're doing the job um, and we got over the line today and look I said off air that you know we, we, we should have beaten Villa really we should have beaten West Ham you, you could you could take all those points and, and add them onto our total at the moment and you could say we, you know you could have said we could have lost today is what I'm getting at so, so it does even out you know so that's football for you and um, we're sitting fourth um, and nobody can do anything about that at the moment. So, until City come back, um, we'll see. But uh, just ho- hopefully, Liverpool will be able to turn the Gooners over, or, or a nice little draw there would probably be better for us, wouldn't it? So, um, so it'd be good to be kept up to date with that. But uh, we can only win our games and we done today. We struggled over the line, we fell over the line, but we got the job done.
4: I don't know whether you've been toting up these points, Craig, but another correct result and... Uh... Well, I have a correct result for me on the predictions, um, Ricky, Ricky. Let me come to you. Um, of course, a win. You know, we're always we're always going to celebrate a win. But, Ricky, um, people around me today um, were quite taken back by some of the football that we played. You know, mm. in a real positive way. Um, but I know you guys have said in the last 15, 20 minutes or so, it was a tough watch because, of course, we we're all on the uh, edge of the seats for the, for the wrong reason. Um, how would you describe the performance? Because Although it was a hard watch that last 15, 20 minutes or so, we can see each week that what Andrew Postacoglu is trying to do. And I know that we've been um, you know, singing his praises every single game since he came in and uh, the league position where we are right now. Doesn't it just seem that little bit more exciting, the fact that we know that some of these things are wrong. We know that Andrew's going to improve it. We know that these players are going to come back. We know that the suspended players are going to come back. We know that we're going to do business in the January transfer window. Doesn't it make it that little bit more exciting to think, well, what if all of these things then come
0: together? Where will we be sitting? Exactly, bro. Exactly. It is definitely an it's an exciting time for Tottenham. Um and who would have known it? Who would have known it? Who would have guessed? If you remember before the the you know the end of the season. What we were talking about, how far, far down we had fallen, you know, after Conte, Mason taking up the bat and, you know, talks of Harry Kane leaving, talks of this, that, you know, it, it was in disarray. I, I remember being on with you before the season started in pre season and kind of going, Angie's got 101 problems here, you know, he's got to sort out from top to bottom. And, you know, he's, he's, he's done a lot and you've got to give credit to the club as well, because... You know, not always do those that sit in that big office uh, learn from their mistakes. It was something that I kind of wanted to hear from the board to kind of say, you know what, we've made mistakes in the past, we're going to own up to them and we're going to learn by them and we're going to put them right. And they didn't really say that, but what they have done instead of speaking, they've done it with action. They've done it with action. So from top to bottom, you can see and that that picture shows it as well that you had with uh, Paratici. Ever since he came in, they started to try and work a way to fix these fix these mistakes. And you've got to give a lot of credit to Levy and to Paratici as well. Um, Levy for backing Paratici, but for Paratici, for the players that he's brought in and how much they're growing, you know, it is definitely a team that Paratici has built and you can see them thriving. And with a coach, forward thinking coach now, with a way of playing, with it it's exciting and it doesn't matter i love the fact that the the, the coach the manager he, he doesn't settle for excuses we we can i've been here many a time and said you know look at our injuries look we, we've got excuses we've got valid excuses to, to kind of cling to but he doesn't take that on board whatsoever he still wants everybody to play the same way with the same intensity with the same passion with the same drive with the same fight and and you've got to admire that you've got to love that about our side and We've gone through adversity. And when you go through adversity, whether it's on the football pitch or in life, as soon as you get to the other end, as soon as you get to the light at the end of the tunnel, you realize how strong you have become. You realize how much that adversity has helped you grow and, and has pushed you forward. And we're only still at the infancy of this side. Ange has not had a full strength squad yet to, 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 to pick from. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't been able to change dynamics where he's wanted to. You know, we know that Dyer was out of the picture for so long, especially in those first 10 games. And then, you know, injuries, suspensions, this that, and the other. He's brought him back in. And, and and you can kind of see that if he can get the right tools and if we continue to not only back him, but back Lang and back Paratici and, and, and back the focus and and the the kind of, the the mission the mission statement they're all they're all working under the mission statement and you can see that from top to bottom in our club right now not only the first team the 21s the 18s the women's team it is going through top to bottom and they're rectifying their mistakes and we're still in the infancy and there's so much way to go i mean we, we all dream of having benton kurt star you know madison in in midfield you know when basuma's back up to 100 percent, what does that say you know with our midfield and when we've got options left right and center to pick from up front what does that say so it's super exciting right now It the one thing that i love as well I've, i know i've said a lot of things that i love but one thing that i do love is that i trust the process right now i'm trusting the manager i'm trusting the scouting team there's not been too many duds with it with, with, within those that we've brought in do you know what i mean like someone talking about dan Junior, but dan jimma was brought in on a loan Yes, Conte didn't really want him, didn't really fit his system, and he didn't get that that much game time. But you look at everybody else that they've brought in and wow, absolutely wow, what a side we're we're building right now. If we continue along that trajectory, who knows where we can go? The sky's the limit, like our boss says, no ceiling, no floors. And a a, a great example of all of this, of what I'm saying, is is Papsar. I mean, Papsar today, my gosh, that boy, he was everywhere. He was all over the pitch. He was there defending. He was there in midfield. He was there attacking. You know, that, that shot, he had a great shot from outside the box. That, that was a daisy cutter that I would have loved that to have gone in, you know? So there is so much to take from this side. And they're so young right now as well. They're all loving the football. They're all loving the process. They're all moving in the right direction. And fingers crossed, do you know what I mean? If they continue along this line, who knows where we could be? We are upsetting the Apple Cut right now, without a shadow
4: of a doubt. Do you know, at the full-time whistle, it was like a party atmosphere again at the top of the Stadium. Incredible scenes. I've literally just uploaded um, a, a YouTube video, so do check that out after this stream. Um, you will see that every single suspended player, every single injured player were on the bench um, or, or around the bench today. And uh, they were applauding the team after. Um, I did think it was a shame that, and I have seen this before, Pierre-Emi going down the tunnel on his own whilst everyone else is celebrating. But, you know, we've seen it before. But the the togetherness and, uh, of course, them going over to the fans and, um, you know, of course, the the fans singing his name again. I tell you, it's a real... Uh, pleasure to be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when this atmosphere is like it is because it's been absolutely brilliant. Going into Christmas, of course, I know we've got Brighton next. That's going to be another tough game away uh, in five days' time, which we'll talk about later. Um, Rich, do you want to add anything to, to what Ricky said um, about the, the job that Ange de has done in this seven months? Because the, the feeling is just so, so different. I know we've spoken about it on a number of times, you know, a number of occasions. You know, Certainly on this podcast where the four of us have, have been on when, you know, we've had some dark times, we've had some really, really poor performances. And even someone bumped into me earlier and said, you know, your podcast last year, they were, you know, I didn't even want to watch them. And I said, I didn't even want to record them. I, said, I, didn't, even record them. I, said, I didn't even want to record them, let alone you watch them. Um, because you know, we did have some dark times, but every single yes, time well. now, I don't know about you, but every single time now what watch
1: Spurs, I'm going into it thinking we're going to win this game. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I sent you a message before didn't I, Chris, saying that I was really looking forward to the game today. I think, um, for, from from my point of view, you can see how the manager is really installing confidence within the players, and even when the players, like Richardson for instance, go in a bit of a lull and miss chances, and some of the some of the fans kind of get on the players' back, or kind of they don't have the confidence that should have to take those opportunities. He shows that faith, but also there's 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 things in place for him to be successful. So it's not just all about putting the ball in the back of the net. It's about the press. It's about his involvement within the team, which is really important. And and you could you can tell Ange is he, he, is is a as a character that's a leader through what he does and what he says and how he manipulates the players to be part of that team. One thing I've really noticed is the resilient side of of the team has really gained some kind of steel. And there's not many times you hear co-commentators or the Roy Keens of this world say Spursy now. And even when we had those three or four games where we were the wrong side of a result, say, like in Aston Villa, it wasn't because we were going back into that negative style of football it was always playing the way that Ange wanted to play and he did say that there was going to be times where it's going to be tough because it's not all going to go our way and 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 I feel because we haven't got all the pawns on the board yet and uh the players when we imagine when we've got not just 11 but we've got two players for every position that can just slot in there that's when I think we really know uh, how far we can go with the team and uh, not having to rely on players like switching positions to fill in, but actually having people that just slot in that the, the level of the team doesn't drop. Really exciting time to be a Spurs fan, like you said, Chris. And uh, it's always great to be smiling on, on the show after because we have had some dark moments for sure. It's funny, anytime I'm really positive about Ange and what he's doing at the club,
4: um, Celtic fans get in touch with me and say, Chris, you haven't seen anything yet you know, wait to the future, you know, you haven't seen anything yet. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Craig, before we uh, talk about the lineup, do you want to add anything about Postacoglu and what he's done?
5: Okay, and it's always difficult being last, especially with these two brilliant guests we've got on. Because, especially, 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 me old Mac Ricky. You know, he does cover a lot in one. He, he makes our life so much um, easier, doesn't he? Ricky does on the he show. It's like
4: the three of us don't need to do anything.
5: <laughs> no, I, I just want to say ditto. You know, you know, but no, no. I mean, uh, Angie he's, he's just phenomenal. I think, I don't know anybody that dislikes him at all. I know there was a lot of doubters at the start, but over the months. I, I genuinely don't know anybody that doesn't like what Ange Postacoglu is doing. You know, with Conte, there was always that almost 50-50 from the start. Mourinho was the same. Nuno was probably 70% out from the start. So, um, I would say he's probably on a par, if not even more than than Poch, popular with the fans. Because uh, there were still fans that didn't really like Poch that I knew. But Ange, I've not had anybody had a bad word to say about him. What he's done so far, as Chris said, it's, it's at the beginning. This is just the beginning. Uh, okay. And to be, to be where we are and for him to have done what, what he's done and get the results he's got with uh, Madders out, Van Der Ven, Udogi, Bentonker, Solomon, Perisic, Cesc, Bisuma, five of those are first-team starters. And to still play the football he wants to play and have that amount of players out. You know, we've had 11, 12 players out before. It's just phenomenal and it just goes to show the players are buying into it and I'm really looking forward to what this manager can bring and I just hope they back him in the transfer window which I know we'll come on to but even looking forward to the summer, you know, if, if we can strengthen and like you say get get two players in each position I personally think Spence would be brilliant as a, as a right back to be honest uh, Spence and having the choice of Spence and, and, and Porro it'd just be phenomenal so Let's see what the future holds. I'm sure it's going to be brighter than we've been used to the last three or four years because it's been turgid sometimes. So uh, I just think it's been phenomenal, Chris. There's no other word for it. Phenomenal.
1: Can I just add one one thing to that as well? You know what What I've noticed is that when the manager talks and when, when the manager communicates with the press and the fans, there's no BS. It's like, this is how it is and That's this it. is where we're going. This is a... And I can remember that time and time again where we've not had the kind of communication from the board or from the manager that we want to actually know where the club's going, where we know the direction and we know for the style of play. We know there's the communication is so much better. So I would say as a manager, he communicates very well and it shows obviously his, his staff want to stay around the club. They don't want to go to other clubs to take bigger jobs. Uh, yeah. And that shows the power of not the man, but the power of the, the mission, the power of the the journey that the players and the staff want to go on.
4: Sorry for just running down. Sorry for just running down the corridor. Dian Kulasekki was literally right next to me, but he just got mobbed by um, by a lot of fans, so I would have got him to say a quick hello. Um, let's talk about the starting <laughs> eleven. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, of course, Ante Pastorkoglu made two changes. Basuma and your dog, you were both suspended, so two false changes, Skip and Emerson coming in. So, the team lineup was as follows. Vicario, Coro, Romero, Emerson, uh, Davis, Saar, Skip, Kuliseski, Johnson, Rosharlison and Son. And the subs today, Forster, <coughs> Doranton, Dyer, Phillips, Hojbjerg, Leselso, uh, Brian Hill, Donnelly and Viles. Um,
0: any surprises there for you, Rick, or is that exactly what you expected? Um, do you know what? To tell you the truth, I thought he would have put in started hoiberg to tell you truth in the six um instead of skip but he did say in a press conference that he was going to give skip a, a bit of a run or that he, he would get minutes in that position in his preferred position in the six really um so yeah that was a bit of a surprise to me to see that but it was it was encouraging to kind of go all right and cool coming in skippy what, what you got bring something to the table here and and, and i think he done okay i think he done a relatively good um i wouldn't say outstanding um you know uh, he there was a, he was full of energy had a couple of nice forward passes was there to block in in, in the defence as well but there were some sloppy times some sloppy moments as well from him i, I would say um it's always tough with emerson royale playing on the left we know that we know he likes to drive forward we know he's athletic but we know that he is Majority right footed and um, that's going to hurt our balance, especially being at the back. And I th- I felt that 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 kind of contributed to so- some of the shots or some of the chances that we conceded w- with him being on the left side, you know. Um, it, it, but yeah, the majority of it, it was good to see Richarlison back up front again. Um, again, another one that had a, a game full of energy. Um, he was up and down that pitch. I, I, I did feel from him, there was a couple of sloppy passes as well, a couple of sloppy touches, I should say, more than anything. But on the whole, it's, it's been good to see Rochalison with that passion, with that fight, and and with a little bit be, of belief in, in his soul. Um, you know, he's gone on a bit of a scoring run now. Let's hope that continues. And um, yeah, with, with the majority of the side, right now, especially under Ange Ponsokoglu, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I know that everybody's going to come in there to do the best that they can do and play the Ange way. Uh, we also know that some of the players that would come in are limited, uh, uh, are not suited to the Ange way. and But you, you see that if they're on that pitch, then they're going to play the way that they've been asked to play, do you know what I mean? And, and there ain't going to be no other way. So um, yeah, I, I I was happy with the starting lineup. It was uh, good to see Brennan back as well. I thought after the the, the little injury last year uh, last week, um, that he, I was a bit suspect about whether he would start or not. But it was good to see him back in the side.
4: Rich, any surprise you, for you in the starting eleven?
1: No, same as same as Ricky. Really, I, th- I thought maybe Hojbjerg, just for because of how Everton had played over the last two or three weeks um, to offer that steal maybe in midfield. Um, And I think that that showed uh, towards the end of the first half uh, when they were taking more control of the ball uh, and finding more space. I I think we were very, very wasteful within that uh, midfield area. So I was having to do a lot of work uh, chasing balls that we were just giving away. Um so no no I wasn't surprised
4: Any surprises for you Craig?
5: No no not at all um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate going last honestly <laughs> people people just come me. ask me another ask me another <laughs> question I'll, just, I'll get a fresh tape on something
4: Well Craig let's, let's go into the match instance let's go straight in uh, to Tottenham's first goal after nine minutes uh, Pedro Poro to Papa Matassar, to Johnson, to Richarlison. Of course, Richarlison now scored four goals in the last three Premier League games. Um, so good to see Richie in this type of form, but a great cross from Brennan Johnson and a, and a great all-round move.
5: Yeah, hundred percent. There was one a bit later on that would have—I'm sure—it would have been up there for goal of the season. It was almost right from our corner flag. But that—that that free-flowing football, just the little back heels and the flicks. When it comes off, it just looks unbelievable, doesn't it? You, you look like prime Barcelona when we do that. And unfortunately, it's just in just patches in a game. But it, it, it's just just a great move. That free-flowing, fast. It's not—it's not even counter-attacking. It kind of seems to be the way we play now. And Rich Allison did what. A, a proper number nine would do is get across that first defender and just, just slide it in the corner. So, yeah, it's great to see him getting his confidence back and, and scoring a few goals because I love to have, I've said on here before, I love to have a proper number nine, a proper centre-forward there. They think differently to other players and players playing that might play on the wing that coming inside, doing a job. Sont loves Sont a bit. One of my favourite players of all time at Tottenham. But I don't, I've never thought he was a centre forward. He can fill in there and do a job and grab you the odd goal, but his best positions is the left. Um, but Richarlison's a proper number nine. He's had his moments where he hasn't played particularly well, but hopefully he's on a, he's on a run now and he's going to keep banging in the goals for us if he stays injury free. So yeah, but that goal really, really good to see. And that's only going to get better as the players learn the moves and where, and she wants them to be, so long may that continue.
4: Craig, we've seen Richarlison having problems on the pitch and off the pitch. And now, he, of course, he's in great form. Um, how confident are you that this is going to continue scoring goals and, and putting in good performances?
5: As a centre forward, you, you you thrive on confidence and he must be up there. His confidence must be overflowing at the moment because he's, he's, he's scoring goals. And that, that's what it's all about. It sounds simple, but that is what it is. You just need to score goals. Even If you haven't scored for two, three, four games and one goes in off your backside, it gives you that confidence. But he's actually scoring good goals. He's getting in the positions to score the goals. Yeah, he touches a bit off sometimes, but we're all used to Harry Kane. Mister Mister uh, Mr. Velcro, I used to like to think because the ball would be fired to him at a million mile an hour and it'd just stick to him <laughs> yeah. you know you're not going to get that you're not going to get that Richarlison's touch isn't that good I'm not sure I've actually seen a player that his first touch is as good as Harry Kane but you know he's doing the job up there he's putting his job primarily is to score the goals and he's scoring the goals you can't ask for anything more than that so I, I, I still would like to see another proper number nine come in that that can for i'd love just to get a striker in in the transfer window which i know we'll come on to but richie keeps doing that and he's he's scoring the goals he stays in the team and he's look let's face it we're going to be losing some um for a period of time in january so uh, even more important for Richarlison to uh, come to the table
4: i don't know why you're worried about going last Uh, richard and ricky have never referred to any of our players as mr velcro (laughs) <laughs> Rick, let's come to you. After 12 minutes, Brendan Johnson had a chance, uh, put it over the bar. Three minutes later, McNeil shot wide for Everton. Um, a minute later, Vicario with a brilliant save from Dominic Calvert-Lewin's header. Um, Vicario, I know we've spoken at length about Vicario this season, but I feel that we've got to mention him today because he made a number of great saves again. And, uh, you know, that, that sweeper-keeper role, he's always so alert. Communication is absolutely brilliant. I'll tell you what, we've got one hell of a goalkeeper, haven't we?
0: We've got one hell of a goalkeeper. My gosh, how lucky we are. And another
5: class. Has he got Mr the... Velcro hands? <laughs> <Is he? laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't want to... It's not, like life, man. <laughs> it's not like a Mr Man. It's not like a Mr Man. i just been Velcro, you know. Because You're lucky because I was, I was going to say Teflon. I've got Teflon and Velcro mixed up. <laughs> <right>?
0: <laughs> no, but listen... We are super lucky and another kind of thank you to, and another hand to Mr. Paratici because my gosh, yeah. the, the, what a find and just think about it. And I think that this is a great example as well for us fans that when, when we get kind of caught up on YouTube video highlights of a certain player and, and we demand that we pay the money sort of thing that we, we can now trust our scouting department and we can now trust the People that are put in charge to, to pick those players and to bring them into the side because you know, goalkeeper and a number nine, those are the two of the most important positions, you know. Um, there, there, there's no hiding for those positions, there's no hiding for those players. And to get a keeper of Vicario's quality for the price that we got him for, um, and who has grown week in, week out, you know, absolutely, he doesn't just do the basic stuff, uh the shot stopping and stuff like that. He will have a worldie save in him as well. And you know, he's grown in leadership. You know, I do not panic when that ball goes back. When the, when the ball is being played around the defence and back to the keeper, I do not panic anymore. Yes, there's going to be, like against West Ham, there's going to be some that fall slightly short and the ricochets fall, you know, for the opposition player. And we might concede. But nine times out of ten, I do not panic about that ball going backwards. I love his ball control. I love his passing. I love his distribution. I love his calmness. I love his composure. Uh, on the ball, as well as every other attribute that he's got going. And, and you know, he's actually kind of implemented leadership into his game as well. I mean, I, I didn't get to watch the game last last week, but I, I did see highlights of it and I saw that, uh, you know, uh, Vicario got the defence and got them in a huddle and kind of, you know, was building that, that kind of unity, that solidarity between them. And, you know, long may that continue. Um, I think that we still haven't seen the best of, uh, of Vicario yet. I think there's still so much more to come. I think, it, you know, once you've got a settled back four in front of him, once you've got a first team in front of him, you know, he, I think he's going to shine even more because I think we'd concede less opportunities and he'll be there for the worldies. He'll be there for the outside of the box shots. He'll, he's. I, I'm just so happy with him, honestly. Um, and, you know, the, the, the fact that he continues to grow, the fact that he's trusted, the fact that he's got a team teammates around him that trust him too, not just the coach and not just us fans sitting there in, in either in the stands or at home is, an, is a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, Hugo, one of my favourite players, my gosh, but obviously we can see that it's night and day between them from last year to this year my gosh, no wonder that the boy is called Venom because he is everywhere. And, um, you know, he, even the weaknesses that we all kind of picked up on before he signed or as he signed, you know, when he parries into the box or, or you know, he doesn't come out for catches and stuff like that. Well, him and the goalkeeping coaches, they've seen that and have rectified that and have worked on that too. So it just continues that kind of build of confidence not only within him but within the team within the coaching staff within our manager and with every single player that comes through that's why and i know we're going to get onto january transfer window but that's why i don't care who we bring in as long as they're an Ange player if they're an Ange player and Ange is like yes please then i don't care what position he is i don't care how old he is i don't care i I don't care I, i i'm going to trust and believe in them and you know and, and hopefully it'll be another kind of successful signing. But, uh, yeah, big, big props to Big Vic. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just loving him, loving him there as a goalkeeper. Long may that continue.
4: Yeah, well said, Rick. Um,
0: Rich, let's come to you. Of course, Spurs doubled
4: their lead after 18 minutes. Hunmin Son getting the finish after Brennan Johnson shot at Pickford. Um, he saved, went straight out to Hunmin Son. Um, decent goal, uh, decent um, chance for Spurs and uh, by that point it looked like Tottenham were going to be going on to win the game extremely comfortably.
1: For sure and we're in the ascendancy then I think we were we were controlling the game nicely. Um, I think when you look at how Everton set up initially they set up with those five in midfield and they were trying to boss the midfield that first 30 minutes I didn't think they got a rear handle of kind of movement of, of of our play and uh I was really confident that we'd go on and maybe like three, four, five. Um but then obviously we know what the Premier League's like and we know how vulnerable you can be as as a team two nil up. And that's when we did literally <laughs> need need our keeper to pull out pull out those big saves and um yeah, I was so nervous. Last, last last, 15 minutes, it just was like going, oh my goodness, <laughs> what is going on here? I, after that first 35 minutes, we should have been a lot more comfortable. But also, it just shows the resilience that we've got in this, the team and that we've moved on. We've moved on from last season where not only would, would we have conceded the second, but probably lost the game as well.
0: Rich, you know what? In those last 15 minutes, when Dan Juma came on, that's when I was like, oh, here we go. Here <laughs> we sorry. go. And I can hear Anthony Costa in my ear going, here we go. He's going to... Oh, I was like, oh, come on, please. Do, do you know what? When he had that shot. I was like, oh, my gosh. Go on, Chris. Do
4: you know what? Craig and I, um, together with James Black a couple of weeks ago, did a podcast with The Sun. And uh, they asked a question, will Spurs lose that Spursy tag? under Ange Postacoglu. I'm really confident of that. And, and, and mm. if you've seen the podcast, I actually say on it, I hate that term Spursy. But these are the sorts of games that we would have lost before. I know you need a little bit of luck in football, and I, I believe that we've got that luck certainly today. Um, but, you know, to be sitting where we are in the Premier League table, you know, coming up to the halfway point of this Premier League season and feeling we all feel exactly the same, I'm sure... Um, you know, injury suspensions, as we've already spoken about and have done in recent weeks and months. Um, but I think there's so much more to come. Um, but Ricky, Ricky, and, and Rich, and, and of course, Craig, um, do you think we are going to lose that Spursy tag finally under end I
1: definitely do. I, de- I definitely think we've moved on from that. I also think that we've been in every game that we've played. Every game we've played. So that look that we've got today, we've earned that look because we we. We overran Villa when we played them. God knows how we didn't win that game. And it comes, it goes around, and comes around. And and I believe now, you look at the teams that are playing well within the league. You look at you look at those teams. They have games, moments that go against them, games, moments that go for them. And I think for us, we need to look at this game as a real building block to lose that that Spursy label. And actually come out of it going, actually, we feel we can win every game and whether we're down or whether we're up, we just need to stay on the philosophy of the manager and continue to push forward. Yeah, like
5: I agree. It. It. Yeah, 100%. The only reason that, well, I hate that word as well, Chris, the only reason it, it just fits so well is because our name ends in an S when you call us Spurs. It's easy to put a Y on the end, is not it? So it just, any other team... You know, you put a Y on the end, it just doesn't sound right. So, so I wouldn't read too much into that. But the thing for me, we, we blast out the blocks at, at 100 mile an hour, and you just can't sustain that pace. I don't care how fit you are for 90-odd minutes. And that is that, that first half hour in the game is when we need to get the games buried. That's, that's why it looks like we drop off. It's because the players just can't run. Uh, that what did I say? see <laughs> I, yeah, I, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Um, but you know that, that that's tough to keep up that that pace for ninety odd minutes. So so when when we blast teams away in the first half hour, and it will happen, it will happen. We've seen it happen. You know that that's when you can just the players can relax and not worry about getting the third or fourth goal. Because I think today, like I said earlier. If we got that third goal, I think that would have been game over. But when it's 2 0, they're always in it.
0: Also, with the old Spursy tag, I don't think it's going to go anywhere, if I'm honest. Uh, what I think is going to happen is that it's going to lose its power. So the more people, you know, because rival fans will always wait for us to fall. It doesn't matter when we fall. They can't wait for us to fall. And, you know, when we had the, that, that dip, you know, the Chelsea game, it, the Spursy tag was coming out. You know, you know, there's two, there's only two games this season where I can really kind of say that we, we wasn't at it. And it, we didn't look like a an, an Postacoglu Tottenham way side. And that's Fulham in the cup and Wolves, when we played Wolves, we didn't look like ourselves. We looked like a Conte side against Wolves. Um, but yeah. I think week in, week out, I think that that Spursy tag is going to lose its power. So when you say it, it's almost going to look like you're an idiot. Why are you saying that? Because you know what just happened. I mean, when, when we played West Ham, you know, they, they considered that a Spursy because they did not touch the ball for 45 minutes. That first half, they would they didn't even turn up do you know what I mean? Where I think they were still on the motorway. Um do you, I, I don't know where they were, but they weren't on the field for those first 45 minutes. And they should never Watford. have come out with a win. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs>
4: you, know what? you know what, Rick? You could oh, help yeah. us you could help us lose this Spurdy tag by lifting that trophy on dancing on ice. How, how yeah. are you going
0: do to do Don't okay. do that to me. What are you doing? It's, go, it's going well. It's going really well. I, I'm super happy with how far I've come along this journey. I mean, day one, I was minus two. I was holding on to the sides. You know, I had splinters in my fingernails because of how much I was holding on to the sides and that. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, right now, I'm going backwards, forwards. I'm doing turns. I've done a jump. I'm like, what? and half of the time, I'll come home, and I was like, how the hell did that happen? What was I doing today, you know? But I'm not. I'm trying not to think about... All the negative voices in my head, like you can't do that, you're gonna fall, you're gonna hurt yourself, or well, that's dangerous. Or so that I'm not listening to any of it, I'm just kind of going, okay, cool. They show me what they want me to do, and then I just keep trying it until I get it. And Are you it, it's crazy. off the
1: crash helmet,
0: yeah, bro. I took off the crash helmet the first day I met my um, my partner, so I was fully kitted up, I was gonna be teenage mutant. Mate, I had elbow pads. I had a wrist support with a metal thing that, if I fall, it doesn't—you know—it doesn't hurt the wrist. I had the knee pads going. I had the helmet yeah. on, and I was happy to be have the elbow on. I was happy to wear it. And then the first day I met Annette, um, I, I, I've like got the elbows on, right, and I've gone to put the helmet on, and she looks at me, she's like, "What is this?" And I was like, "You know what? It's—it's—it's it's, it's nothing. I was just trying it on. I was just do you know what? I'm packing my bag." <laughs> I, I in the tackle, Yeah, do you know, mate. She was like, no, 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 no. Oh, and then I thought to myself, well, I, I, I've i got to take it off at some point, so it might as well be now. So ever since then, we've cracked on without any safety equipment. Uh, <laughs> but but it's going really well. Um, there's a lot that are ahead of me. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot that are a lot better at skating. Um, but my journey itself, from from day one to where I am, I'm super happy. And um, Fingers crossed. We keep pushing it forward, like the boss. No ceiling, no floors, and let's see where we go. Well, if you don't follow Ricky on uh, Instagram,
4: do so because he gives he gives us all daily updates on the uh, <laughs> on the dancing on ice stuff. So it's uh, it's great to see. Um, Craig, let's come back to you because in that last ten minutes or so of the second half, Everton did have a number of opportunities. Garner uh, with a shot from range, easy for Vicario uh, in the forty first minute. Everton attack. Um, but there were two balls on the pitch at that point, and uh, the player wasn't... I can't remember what player it was, but he wasn't very happy, the fact that um, he didn't know what ball to hit. Uh, a minute later, Garner uh, with another shot, uh, the goalkeeper, Vicario, saved. Uh, Vicario saved again from Harrison uh, after an Everton break. Um, how are you feeling at that point? Because most people from where, you know, around me were saying you know, Tottenham just need half time. They just need the halftime mm. whistle. They need to go in, regroup, and uh, probably get a good rollicking off Antipostocoglum.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
3: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply.
5: See mcdonalds.com. 100% that. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I felt watching it. You know, the the halftime break can't come quick enough. We were on the ropes then. um, And I think if they'd scored, it would have been a completely different second half. And the second half was bad enough for us as it was, you know, we didn't have as many good chances and the players look knackered so um i think it was important to get to the half uh, at two nil with you know um no goals conceded um it's an interesting fact about that that ball on the pitch um they said on the stream i was watching um it actually doesn't he's up to the referee to stop the game if he thinks the ball on the pitch is uh, interfering with play which he clearly was um, then he should have uh, stopped the game. But obviously, he didn't see it because the ball was over the other side. So, anyway, it well, is what it is. The keys are missed.
4: When, when that ball was thrown back on, Romero did actually look back and was about to get rid of it. But then he realised that Everton were on the attack and he thought, no, i better sort this out instead of this ball. Um, and then of <laughs> the ball stayed there. Um, and then I thought, it's going to be interesting if Everton do attack in that area. But the ball ended up more or less where the other ball was. Yeah, yeah. each ball moment, right?
5: Yeah, it was funny. It would be, be really point interesting. Point. Was, yeah, if, that had, um, if he had kicked the other ball, and that had gone in. I mean, God, who knows? It would take some sorting out. VA will probably still be sorting it out now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we did need that half-time, didn't we? It, it was a bit getting a bit tense there. So it was just, I'm sure Ange wanted to get the players in, give them a talking to, and go out the second half of a plan. But, um, you know, Everton have been so good the last... Three or four games because because you know since his ten point deduction, it's kind of galvanised them and Dice has got them playing really good. Um, Everton aren't are no mugs, you know. Um, he's got them playing well, so that there's, done, there's no two ways about it. It was a good win today, you know. We were under strength, and they were. I don't know if they've got any injuries. Um, I'm sure they have, like everybody else, but they've been playing well. So so you know, that's no small feat today. Rick, let's come to you. Of course, Eric Dyer
4: played the second half because Ange made a half-time sub. We were 2-0 up at this point. Uh, Romero going off. Dyer coming on. Um, probably uh, a few surprised people at that point. But um, Romero, um, shortly after the break, uh, came out of the tunnel with uh, an ice pack round his hamstrings. So hopefully... He would be okay, and of course, later on in the game, Rasharlison come off holding his back. So hopefully, he's okay as well because we certainly don't need any more injuries. Um, I wanted to ask you about Eric Dyer, his performance today, and whenever he's been called upon uh, by Ange this season. What have you made of his performances?
0: Um, it's it's kind of tough to describe. For, for for me, I think the best word to kind of say is bitty. Uh, you know, sometimes he's a bit okay, sometimes he's a bit not okay. I think it's a bit easy, especially playing that high line to kind of get the ball past him, um, which is it, uh, it's not really his fault. He, he's never had pace, you know. Um, so when them balls go over the top or just beside him and you've got a tricky, pacey winger, stroke striker on, on, on his back, it's, it's always going to be tough. Um, but his professionalism. As, as, as well as Hoiberg as well, I, I'll, I'll chuck Hoiberg into that as well because, you know, both of their professionalism is, is, has been on point, you know, um, they've always been there for the side, they'll always put their bodies on the line, They I, I, I don't see them kind of hiding away or kind of trying to kind of shy away from the ball or a challenge or you know or a potential injury that could scupper a move in january for the, for for them both um they've both been very professional i think they've they do have a love for tottenham and i think it's got, it's really difficult for both of those players who are who were up until this season nailed on starters really for for most managers um but yeah so so I, i've got to give it to die for kind of always being there for always being a professional for always putting everything out there you know some of his abilities especially playing the Ange way doesn't really fit nah. but um but yeah you got to give it to him and and another one you know like I want to say about Hoyberg as well you know I thought I've always felt that Hoyberg's got a lot more stick than he deserves yes you can critique him yes there's times where he hasn't Rick, played the know. best
4: can I just say, before you go on, I think it's very, very fair to say an honest assessment of any player that um, perhaps don't want to be at the club or they perhaps want to move out of the club. Any time that Andrew's has called upon any of these players within this squad, they have given absolutely everything. And Pierre-Mille who you were coming on to there, and I'm sorry to interrupt you and perhaps you're going to say the same thing, but whenever someone like Hoybier has been called on, he has been super professional Never, ever sulked. I know I said earlier that he's gone down the tunnel. Um, Perhaps he doesn't feel, you know, as he should do as part of the squad. But Mm. every single time he's been called upon, every single time he's given Tottenham minutes, he's performed.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and from, from the moment that he turned up, you know, we've been on this pod and we've spoken about it year in, year out. But... You know, the moment that he turned up, the, the, uh, even though there was midfielders beside him, he there was only one man in midfield and that was Hoiberg and, and he got ran into the ground and he's like that. He's a very professional guy. He's been through the ups, he's been through the downs, he's he's built in, built himself into first team positions everywhere he's gone, you know, and... He, I, and and I'll tell you now, you know, th- th- there are some sides out there that would love Hoiberg. I, I think he could do a fantastic job for Man United, for instance, who needs somebody like that in the midfield to kind of protect and, and serve, you know. He, he, even, and I know this is a crazy one, and, and maybe I've been on the Christmas sherry, but even something like um, someone like Man City, who are without Rodri for a while, some, someone who's industrial like that and, and always gives everything. and. He's looking for a forward pass, but his main instinct is to get it away. Um, But I think he could do a job there. Um, I I, I love Hoyberg. I love his professionalism. I love that he's given everything for us um, whenever he's come onto the pitch. And I think that that's respected by Ange Postacoglu. Like you said there, he might not feel like he's part of the team as such. um, And that's why he's going off at the end of the games by himself. But you don't see that on the pitch. I've never seen him sulk on the pitch. I've never seen him when he's come on or when he started to shy away from anything. And, and that's why you've got to give him love and respect because he's always done the best that he could possibly do for us whenever he's been on the field. Now, this style of play doesn't really work for Hoiberg, but I still I still prefer him over Skippy in that position. I still think he gives us more than Skippy. If, if I'm honest, you know I know Skippy hasn't got a run. I know he hasn't got that many minutes. I know we haven't seen the best of him for for, for a while um, in a Spurs shirt. But you know I think Hoiberg is the man. I think he's fantastic. And if he does end up going in January, I'd wish him all the best. And we all know he's going to go on to win a trophy in whatever bloody world team he's going to go into. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's the same with the both of them. You know, maybe their abilities are, um, are not what we need or want right now in the side. But both, Dyer and Hoiberg, you've got to give it up to them for kind of giving everything and being a true professional, regardless of their future or regardless of the their, their opinion of them within the club, you know?
4: Rich, let's come to you. In the 51st minute, Everton thought that they had a goal back. Uh, Calvert-Lewin put the ball in the net. Um, And then it went to VAR, um, checking goal, possible foul. Um, Emerson Royale was on the floor.
1: Um, Being honest, was that a foul? So, uh, from the TV, it was soft, but uh, he definitely played him and not the ball. Um, And the pass from Vicario to uh, Emerson was a, a challenging pass to control, for sure. And it did kind of move away from him that gave the attacking player a little bit more uh, chance to, to obviously intercept. I felt it was a um, a yeah a foul. I felt it was a foul. So, um, I was relieved when it was disallowed for sure because um, 2-1 at that stage would have changed the dynamic of the game for sure. Craig, can I ask you the same question? What, do you think it
5: was a foul? It, I... I I agree with what Rich said. It was a soft one, but it was a foul essentially, and and VAR uh, obviously looked at it quite quickly and sent the referee over to the monitor to to have a look, because it was a clear and obvious error. It, it it wasn't like it was four or five passes beforehand. It was it was the one pass that led to the goal. So yeah, hundred percent for me, it was a foul. It was soft, but it was a foul.
4: Well, I've actually asked uh, former Premier League referee Mark Halsey, who refereed in the Premier League between 1999 and 2013, um, about VAR and the officiating this season, because, of course, it really has dominated uh, the back pages and podcasts like this. Uh, Of course, everyone has been talking about VAR all season. Uh, Mark also provides his thoughts on uh, refereeing Tottenham games at White Hart Lane.
7: Hi, Chris, and everybody at the Spurs Chat Podcast. My name is Mark Hulsey, former Premier League and FIFA referee. You want my thoughts on on VAR? Well, I think at this present moment, I think it has to have one of those. It is so inconsistent. Now, the system itself is good. It's here to stay. It's the personnel that's operating it. And as I said, it's so inconsistent. I think they don't know when to get involved and when not to get involved. and It's the training and education of, of the system and that needs improving from, from our referees. I think the standard of officiating, I think it's dropped. We have got some good good referees. I think we've got some excellent referees in, in Anthony Taylor. Mike Oliver's our number one and obviously Chris Kavanagh coming up behind. But it's it's down to the coaching and education. We need proper coaches. So I always say good coaches turn average players into good players good players into excellent players that's no different with with um, referees um, obviously the spurs the spurs podcast i used to love refereeing at white hart lane used to love it i mean the fans were always kind to me i don't think i ever got a, a crossword out of them i've got uh, the referees uh, a few occasions but other than that i was i think i was always okay there I always remember Referee in the two-two draw v Arsenal, where uh, Robbie Keane got involved. I think with Jans Lehman when I gave you a penalty, right last kick of the game, made it two-two. That was a that was a fantastic game. Um, but I think my most memorable game with, with with Tottenham is the first League Cup final back at the New Wembley. That was the first one there. That's when you played Chelsea. Uh, what what a what a day what a game I was the referee by the way I think you most probably know that I was the referee but what a, what a day what a game what an atmosphere absolutely fantastic it just the game just sailed past there was no controversies that's what that's what all, every referee asked for but uh, what what a day and I know you ran out winners two one after extra time what a day. What a weekend for me and my family. It was, it was fabulous, and I'm sure you enjoyed the weekend as well, celebrating um, after the game with, with your friends and family. But I'd like to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have a great time with all your friends and family. Uh, stay safe, behave yourselves, and take care. All the very best. We're now joined
6: by Tottenham Hotspur
0: Oh, Christmas guys, come on, <laughs> come on, you uh, how was
1: how,
0: how is the heart?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? beating yeah. fast, beating fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. So... Oh
4: man, it was Sandro? What yeah. do you make of the game today? Yeah, the the, the first half, uh, I thought we're gonna win easily, like always we think, yeah. but in the end was,
2: oof,
0: yeah. but.
2: still it's still good
0: huh? we're still
3: we're up there uh up there and uh yeah to see everybody back to see Madsen back van der van to see betan ku oh let's
0: go guys
4: let's go sandro podcast in january so i look forward to having him on then yeah come on
0: have a great christmas you too take care guys see you soon come on come on
4: on, (laughs) such a great guy, um, oh,
5: man.
0: Wow. Wow. Wait, 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 man. Chris, we've got to big you up there for just finding Sandro and bringing him onto the show. This is an amazing thing. Like, you know, we're all born fans. We all love this club inside out. And for you to go home and away and to be able to have a relationship with the man mountain known as Sandro, the monster, my gosh. And just to bring him on that, not just, not for all the fans listening and watching right now, but for me, Ever great for Rich. <laughs> it's great to see. We've just been on a podcast with Sandro. What's just happened? Merry Christmas, everybody. He, like, brilliant.
4: He's, he's, he's such a lovely guy, but uh, we've agreed that he's going to come on the podcast in January. So, really do look uh, looking forward to that. Um, Rich, regarding Mark House's comments, um, he spoke there about the uh, the 2008 League Cup final, of course, the last trophy we won. Um he sounded pretty
1: much like a Spurs fan, didn't he? <laughs> I think so. That's it. he's paying. <laughs> That's Fabio's going on the payroll. That's exactly yeah. No, and and it's obviously it's great to know that uh, that referees and officials obviously enjoy coming to the stadium to uh, embrace the atmosphere. And yes, if you're on the wrong end of a good beating, then sometimes you you call the officials in for a little bit of. Uh, banter but um, no no. for me I think towards the end of his career he did get a bit slow though I remember watching him a couple of games towards the end of his career and I was thinking where is the referee he's back at the other end of the pitch he was getting a bit slow but um, it was yeah it's nice to hear though isn't it it's nice to hear that, that, that officials have got that love for the club like we have and and reminiscing about those, those classic games especially the ones against obviously Chelsea and Arsenal the ones that we've not always had the best of successes with.
4: Craig, let's come to you. In the 56th minute, Saw had a shot from 20 yards. Pickford spilled it, but it was then cleared. Uh, six minutes later, Garner shot wide after a good Everton move. Uh, in the 63rd minute, Hoybier came on. Richarlison went off. Um, with Hoibier, do you expect Hoybier to leave in the January transfer window? I know we're going to talk about the window shortly, but uh, with Hoybier. You know, we've already spoken about whenever uh, called upon by Ange, he's always given 100%. He's, uh, you know, very professional. Uh, What do you think, um, how do you think Ange changed the game in the 63rd minute by bringing on Hoibier?
5: I think he just brings on a a steady performer, a steady pair of hands, somebody he trusts, clearly. Um, Probably not ideal for the Ange system, but, but he always does a job and he's always done a job. Like you say, he's professional when he's come on Um, I actually felt quite relieved Hoybier was coming on today because it needed that sort of player to come in and do that. Um, Bearing in mind, at that point, we did have Dyer and Davies at the back. And and I I thought, especially Davies, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Dyer was okay, Um, But I think Davies looks better when he's got a better defender next to him, somebody like a Romero. And I think that raises his game. Can can we um, we big up Ben
4: Davies? Because I said on last week's podcast against Nottingham Forest, You know, he had a great performance then again. He is yet another one taking his opportunity under Ange, whenever called upon. And Ange raves about Ben Davis. Week in, week out in the press conferences, he says he's one of the best trainers. He certainly gives everything. And Ange recently said he understands so much about the game. I think Ben Davis this season has been very, very underrated. Is that fair to say?
5: Yeah. hundred percent. He's been outstanding. I would go, as far as say, the last few games, stepping in for somebody, such a big player like Van de Ven, who's, and Ben Davies clearly hasn't, I mean, Ben Davies isn't slow, by the way. He's not, he's not, he's not really slow, but Van de Ven just makes everybody look slow, doesn't he? Because you, you expect, you know, that pace just gets him out of so much trouble. So to come in and, and cover such a big player for us, he's done a cracking job. And I think he looked even better when Romero came back from suspension. Um, He's, he's just been really good this season. I don't want to see Ben Davies leave. I think he's more than ample good cover for, for Mickey, to be honest with you. It's the right side. We clearly need reinforcements. So, yeah, I, th- I think when Ben Davies does eventually hang his boots up, I think you'll probably look back in, in five or ten years when he goes and think, what what an absolute proper club sort of legend Ben Davies has become. And you'll look back on him with fond memories and, I know he's not he's not everybody's cup of tea. I know he's had some bad games, but for me, the the good solid performances outweigh the bad with Ben Davies, and and, and he's a Spurs lad, really, isn't he? Now you, you know you all look back on his career and say Tottenham was his favourite place to play. Or well, he would have gone years ago. He's been here how long's he been here? A decade at least, has mm-hmm. he? Ten ten years. So you know, not many players. Have that long, so he clearly loves the club and. um
1: uh, it's, it's just been great the last few weeks. I think. I think the only thing that I would I would add to that would be that he, do, he is he is vulnerable at that cross ball, especially with strikers like Calvert Lewin, Watkins, the ones that are quite dominant with the head. He looked like he was just kind of throwing his body into the ball. Not he wasn't trying to kind of dominate the situation. So, but obviously he's moving into a real key position. And I mm. felt even with Dyer on the pitch today, he was a leader at the back for sure. Uh, I think going back, to, going back to what you said about like Dyer and Hoiberg, I think static, the very static as players. And with Angie's system, Dyer gets caught out because he's facing the wrong way or because he's not moving his feet fast enough. And that's mm. one of the things that I've noticed that when he's come in. He has still been very vulnerable. I know a lot of the fans are scared when he comes on going, Oh, on the ball, he's gonna play it long. And he's he's gonna have two or three touches. He's not gonna he's not as confident on the ball, but very static at the back. And I think Ben Davis can hold his head up this this year because when he's come in, he's not been that steady. Davis seven out of ten, he's been more than that, to be honest. And um you need to have those players within the team. You need to have those people that come in, that do a job in any position when asked by the manager. And clearly, he's one of those players that can adapt. I think the players that will leave are the ones that have not been able to adapt and they'll be Di Ho- Hoiberg, I think. Do you know yeah. what? No, we
0: haven't... I, 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 I was just going to say, over his 10 years, I think he's always been underrated, Davies. You know, I don't think we've ever really given him the credit. I don't think He's ever been like the first starting left back in, in in our minds when we pick a predicted 11 or or, or a centre back or anything like that. But if you see him every single, every year, he's given everything that the manager has asked of him. I mean, he was the best defender, left-sided defender in the Conte back three. I thought he was much better than Longley. I, I preferred Davies in there to Longley many, many a time. Uh, and that was not just because of his kind of commitment, but. He's, he's also kind of, his reliability, um, his he, he's, he's will to improve. He's, he's will to kind of look at his own game and go, okay, cool. How can I help the team first and foremost, which you always need in a squad player, but how can I kind of use my attributes to kind of t- take it up a notch? And, you know, in a Conte back three, I, I loved him as that left-sided uh, centre-back, but then you look at him in a two, which would was a ro- worry for us all. And the first couple of games, you know, it took him a while to kind of get used to it. But he's gone from strength to strength and he's not a centre-back. So there, there are going to be times when he's not going to be able to get his head on the ball or, or have that centre-back kind of mentality. But he's always there. And you can see, like Chris said there as well, that why every single manager has loved him.
4: Brick, mm. let's stay with you. Because um, in the 65th minute, Son laid the ball off to Papa Matasar. Uh, the shot was blocked. Seventy-third minute gone. Um, Lascello came on for Sar. Uh, two minutes later, Kuleszewski shot Pickford uh, with a good save. Now, one thing that I've really noticed, um, certainly in the last couple of games, is some of the shit from some of these players. You know, Son taking down a player at Forest. Haven't ever seen that before. Kuleszewski today. A number of times just flicking the ball away, kicking the ball away, even throwing the ball away sometimes and just uh, having a bit of a tussle with some of the players. Haven't really seen that before from him. Is this all down to Ange or are these players toughening up a little bit?
0: I think it's a bit of both, but I, I definitely think it's implemented by Ange. But if we remember from the Amazon documentary, what, what was Mourinho's biggest cri- critique of, of, of the side and of the squad at that point? that we were too nice and too honest in that sense. Um, you know, like we, we didn't do, and and it's not like fully dive into the dark arts, but we didn't do the little things that managed the game like that or that took the sting out of the game or took the sting out of the momentum that the opposition have. And you're seeing that little bit by little bit. Now we are getting punished for it as well. We are getting a, the odd yellow here and there. Um, and, you know, we know what those suspensions look like. And we know how valuable every single player is to this squad. But um, you can definitely see that they're not just a bunch of nice guys anymore. And, you know, to be fair to the boys, we've been top of the fair play league and we've been up there for the coefficient many a season. But what has it got us? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So if we can mix that 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 up a little bit if we can have a bit of balance with that and because i don't think that we're a dirty side i don't think that we're a nasty side in that in, in that element i don't think that we go out to play that type of football but there has to be balance in, in life and on the pitch you know so if they're kind of measured and mature uh, about what decisions they're making where and you know if they really do help the team in in a transition then okay fine you know um But every other side does it and nobody kind of complains about it. Nobody bats an eyelid about it. It's only when Tottenham do it that suddenly, oh, you know, there's a bit of noise about it. But I'm, I'm used to that. I'm used to that. So let's not worry about anybody else. Let's carry on worrying about ourselves. And as long as those boys know what they're doing and playing with, you know, balance rather than going past the line, then I don't see it being a problem.
1: Rich let's
4: come to you in the 77th minute Gomez hit the side knitting and then just five minutes later he got Everton's goal uh, what did you make of it?
1: Yeah I think I think um, as the ball came out to him I think we did switch off a little bit obviously that's the first goal that we've conceded from a corner as well and I know Skippy was probably the only one that tried to block the shot um, that always worries me those, those crosses that them kind of bounce in the area, come out to a player, and then they hit it. Uh, it was a great strike, clearly, um, with power, hence the reason why it beat uh, Vicario. Um, but those are those kind of mistakes that creep back in when you lose your focus. And I think that 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 time of the game, you could see that coming. That was an, an, an inevitable part of the losing the ball, um, them gaining confidence. Um, obviously, Gomez was one of those players that he came on, he started to dictate a lot of the play. So, was I surprised? No. Uh, I think a little bit of frustration with obviously how it happened, but um, it was inevitable. But obviously, reaction for that was right, we let him one, let's kind of really kind of batten down the hatches, boys. We all need to come together and kind of be that barrier to stop anything going in the goal from now on. And it was, it literally was like that for the last 20 minutes.
4: Well, two minutes after Everton got one back, uh, Vicario made another great save, and the crowd at that point was singing his name. Um, and then in the 89th minute, Johnson to Son, uh, the flick wasn't enough, and then it was cleared. And then, of course, um, that incident with Dan Juma. Uh, he could have made it 2-2, but um, I think a little bit of luck were on Tottenham's side uh, today. So, of course, we won the game 2-1. Um, and Postacoglu in his press conference, uh, talking about Vacario, he said um, his saves were crucial for us. He's been brilliant again. And given an update on Richarlison limping off, Postacoglu has just said, yes, he's OK. Um, he had a sore back yesterday in training. He wasn't 100%, but he was keen to start the game today. Um Craig, let's come to you. Let's talk a little bit now about the January transfer window. In Ange Possekoglu's press conference on Friday, he said uh, January is going to be a tricky month. Uh, got a short clip now from the press conference. This is what Ange had to say.
1: Yeah, I don't really know. I
5: mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like I said, January is a fairly tricky month in terms of um, you know, clubs doing business. But, you know, we, 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 we're doing sort of best. Out- see whether we can make an impact in it or not.
4: Craig, what are you expecting in the January transfer window? What is the true definition of backing
5: Ange in January? Literally, just what Ricky said earlier, giving him the players that he wants. Um, I would love to get three in um, and then see see what outgoings, if they want to let anybody go, but i still maintain. I think we need a decent quality centre-back, um, a striker, and perhaps a, a centre midfielder of some description. Um, even if it's just six-month loan, just to see us through uh, January and early February. Because, obviously, we don't actually know when, when Madders and um Bentica are going to be back, for example. And, obviously, we're losing Saar. So, and Bissouma. <coughs> so, um, and Bissuma, so, so, um it's just getting him in the players that he, he wants i think and they're not going to be probably household names but we he's kind of proved that he doesn't need that it's just give him the players for his system and the players that he wants and um he'll he'll turn it's like um mark halsey said you know he t- turned great play uh, good players into great players that's spot on. I think Ange does that. Ange does obviously coach these players, or his coaching staff coaches these players. And it's great to see that play because players have improved under him. But perhaps they're just being let off the leash and actually playing the way that everybody wants to play. And perhaps that's creating this wonderful atmosphere and feel good feet. I mean, that defensive line today scares the life out of me sometimes. But having that defensive line on the halfway line, it's, it's just so different, isn't it? It's so good to see. Because under Conte, we'd have been on the 18-yard box. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you know, it's such a difference. But, man, oh, man, it's fun times. It's fun times. And we get these players in. We can go places. I'm not going to use the T word, though, Chris. I'll leave that to you.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, a little bit more to go before we talk about trophies. Um F-, 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 <laughs> a- F-, F A cut Cup, perhaps we'll talk about that. Um Ricky, yeah. um I think that you know when we look at uh, past transfer windows, a lot of Spurs fans always say we need to go out and spend big, we need to go out and spend the money. This hasn't actually worked a lot of the time. When you take into account our record signing Tongy on of course you can spend big and, and it doesn't work out. Um but it's about the recruitment, isn't it? It's about the recruitment. Uh, in January. It's a key month for the football club because, of course, we want to be playing Champions League football. In your opinion, what is re- really going to help Ange?
0: I think that the, what is really going to help Ange and, and what's going to define backing Ange, I don't think it's how much we spend. I don't think it's um, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's we, we need to spend crazy money on, on, on a player to kind of secure that. I think it's more about timing. I think if we can get them in the first week of the transfer window, I think that that's going to make a major difference to us. Not only for those new players to come in, embed in and learn the system and then to kind of express themselves within that system, but to also kind of, you know, stake, stake your claim. Um, you know, th- this is the difficult period. And I think that that's the biggest thing that Ange just wanted. When, when you hear him speaking in a press conference, it's like, can we get it done early? Can we kind of do it early enough? So that we don't lose our momentum, so that we can actually build on our momentum, so that, that we can carry on going forward rather than, you know, stringing the squad that we've got, rinsing them uh, to the very last drop at, at, until the end of January and then kind of going, all right, and cool, transfer then day, here's two or three for you, I'll work it out. And then going into February, it, it just becomes messy, you know? So I think... Whoever Ange wants, first and foremost, like I said earlier, I'm I'm gonna be happy with as long as he's ticked them off. I don't I don't wanna just I don't want a body in there just for body's sake. Um I don't think that that's gonna help us. A bit like Dan Juma. I don't you know I don't think it's gonna help us. I think as long as they're the right profile player and Ange Postacoglu, Postacoglu kind of kind of picks them out as 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 some, somebody that can help the system and somebody that can help move us forward. I think it's going to be great. But as long as you try and get them within the first week, which we all know being football fans is super difficult. It is super bloody well difficult to do any business in January, but let alone in the first week. Um, If they can do that though, I think that we're onto a winner. And I think that, you know, the longer that Ange has got these new players um, under his wing, I I, I think again, we could just continue to carry on pushing. Rich, what are you hoping for in January?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that Santa comes to my house. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to get a new home shirt with Davis on the back as well and get rid of that Doherty one, Chris? (laughs) I support every single player that plays for Tottenham (laughs) Hotspur. Yeah, I tell you, if anybody wants to send Chris a free shirt, it'll happily display it on the next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No problem at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what am I hoping for January? Um, Yes, like Ricky said, obviously, we need to um, build on the players we've got and not just have numbers just for the sake of it. So, the players that come in, I think what's going to happen is the players that come in are going to be either players that the manager can work with, to build with, but will also come in and slot in as as, uh, a level that we're at now. Uh, We clearly need another centre-back. Um, a striking position. I'm not sure we're going to get in January of the ilk that we want, uh, but I feel that the players that uh, and positions that we're looking at, the management has already got their their scouting team involved in the kind of negotiations to kind of the availability already. Um, it feels like that when we're we're scouting players now, that there's there's a plan. It's not reactive. It's not. You know, when you hear about this chain of reactions that happens in, in transfers, when this player goes, this one then becomes available, etc., etc. For Spurs, that has happened a lot. Where well, we've got a player in because somebody else has gone to that club. That player's now available. They come to us and they're just mediocre. They don't want to leave that club and they don't even do a job for us. I think this time things have changed. The, obviously, the club... Uh, it's attractive to play for uh, Spurs now. The manager, the uh, the philosophy of that manager, and also other players can see the build. They can because the manager shaping that, and that's what's really important. So I think whoever the manager wants, let's back him. The board back him, please. Uh, that would make me happy. That would make everybody here happy for sure. Um, and let's kind of have a a great twenty twenty four. Because I can feel it, I can feel some uh, great happening. Certainly, well said, Rich.
4: Um, we've now got Come a clip. On. We've now got a clip from Matt McKay, um, who is a former Australian international. He played under Ange Postecoglou at Brisbane Roar and Australia. Um, and the key comment uh, that Matt says here is, "You want to run through brick walls for Ange Postecoglou." Have a listen to this.
2: Hi, Chris. Matt Mackay here. Now, um, you want my thoughts on Ange. Obviously, he's doing incredibly well at Spurs at the moment. Um, uh, You know his team talks in the past, and I know the the players there will be appreciating um, his team talks. He just wants you to run. You know, you want to run through a brick wall after you've uh, had the chat. Um, He's incredibly motivational, um, but he also has the tactics to back it up, and it's quite clear that the players have bought into that. Um, and the best thing for those players and, and players there now is their their careers have changed because um, they're under a, this incredible manager who um, you know gives them a new lease of life and they're probably playing the best football they have um, their whole career. So uh, he's great for the club. Um, so I know everyone's going to be worth more, um, and hopefully the results can continue and you can um, get further up the ladder. Um, you know, from playing in the national team um, with him and club football, his tactics are. Uh, are very similar or the um, the ethos and how he wants to play the game he wants you know high movement um, high ball movement retention um, and then he's built in you know uh, along the years to be a bit more direct and um, being able to play that pass forward and um, and and get uh, as many chances as possible so um, he's clearly doing that and um, you're very lucky to have him um, definitely one of the best managers I've ever had um, and a great guy as well. Um, very understanding and nurturing uh, for all the players. And um, if you get on his right side and you work hard, he'll appreciate that. So all the best for the rest of the season. Take care. Craig, let's come to
4: you on that point. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the T word. When you hear players like that talk about Ange Postecoglou, you know, and we are where we're at. Know six, seven months after him taking the job here at Spurs, surely the trophies are coming soon, aren't they? Yeah, they
5: are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been on here, I've been on Mm -hmm. here and said that. I mean, we've all got excited about trophies at the beginning of the season. You'll think new year, new start, and everything. And but I don't know, I've just got a different feeling about this manager and this bunch of players, and as he As Rich says, he moulds this team as we get that squad together. Just a different feeling. I'm going into games now, like you said, Chris, I think, the feeling that we're going to win every game. With that confidence, we're going to win every game. We're going to challenge in every game. And I haven't had that for the last two, three years. So if I'm feeling like that and he's got me believing, what are the players going to be thinking? And he's such a great motivator and a talker, Andy. It's he, he, so interesting when you watch his press conferences. He's not repeating and rehashing old stuff and coming out with cliches. It's he, he, new stuff. He, the amount of stuff that's going around in that guy's head and that he knows what to say and he knows when to say it. It's just incredible. So, yeah, I think the trophies could be coming, Chris. Just going back to the um, how close it was, though, today with Vicario's save. Have you got a picture of that ball that nearly crossed the line at the end there, Chris, you could put up for the viewers on YouTube? Because that, there you go. That's how close it was. I think it might have come off. Uh, I think he saved, Vicario saved it with his um, yeah, with his male parts. With his yeah, oh, Let's say his thigh. <laughs> it looked like it could have been. Watch it on Match of the Day later. It, it was a phenomenal save. <laughs> he can, he's saved, he's saved with every part of A save is a save, mate. A save is a save. So his balls. Was, with his Belco balls, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I have met Chris. But I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm guaranteed the trophies are coming because you can't say that. They're but, than they, you, they have been for a number of years. But but you know what? I think that that's why,
0: like Sonny being captain, is perfect because Sonny is somebody who mm. kind of represents everything that Ange is about when it comes down to football. You know it's not only the hard work it's not only the determination but it's heart it's care and when you can motivate somebody like that through through their heart rather than their brain i mean rich you as an athlete will know do you know what, do you know what i'm trying to get to when you can yeah. when you can get inside and, and even that video that sonny done during the week i don't know whether you saw it he got a a, a letter if you haven't seen it go and see it. it is a bit of a tearjerker it, it will it will hit you inside but Sonny done a um fan mail, it was called. He he basically got a, a letter from two daughters. The dad had always taken them to Tottenham Hotspur. The dad has got cancer. And the 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 time that they forgot about cancer or any of their troubles and, and, and woes was when they went to football. And and you could see how much that emotionally affected Sonny and then what he'd done with that family afterwards. You know that wasn't a PR stunt you know, that wasn't, you know, scripted, you know, nobody told Sonny, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to take the, the family, or whatever like that. Everything yeah. came within their heart. Everything came Focus. from within. And Focus. and, and I, I feel that not only Sonny, that will encourage Sonny, but that will encourage Ange to, to you know, to take that example and use that as a motivation, use that within one of the speeches, use that when we're when we're on the ropes and kind of go, just remember who's out there watching you. Just remember how much it means to those people out there. And if it means that, that much to that 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 family, then think about what it means to the whole stadium and everybody watching at home. And I think that that's going to spur them on. That's why I think that Ange and Sonny, they're a perfect partnership, It's perfect manager and perfect captain to kind of represent what Tottenham is right now. Yeah, I agree. Chris has been kicked
1: out. He's well, been kicked out of the nightclub.
4: Yeah, Uh, we're we're now going to preview the Tottenham Hotspur v Brighton game, uh, which of course will be played at the Amex Stadium in five days' time. Uh, Before I get your thoughts, we're just going to hear the thoughts from Mark Lawrenson, who played for Brighton between 1977 and 1981, and of course, former BBC pundit. Hi Chris, and everyone at
6: the Spurs Chat Podcast. Now, few questions you've asked me about Brighton because you play them at the end of December, don't you? Um, I had four wonderful years there, but if you remember, then they had a massive decline and in the end, basically, they were Phoenix from the ashes in many, many ways when they happened to get away with that result against Hereford, I think it was, that kept them just, just in the league, right at the very bottom. So where they are now has been absolutely brilliant. We know they've been fantastic in, recruitment and sales, etc., and all those kind of things. But, you know, I look at your team and I look at Poster Koglu and you know what, to be honest with you, he reminds me a little bit of Jurgen Klopp. And I'm, you know, I hate that thing where they say, oh yeah, he's just like Klopp and he's all those kind of things, but but he is. He plays a particular way and it's very stylish and it's very, very attacking. And I think he's a very, very good manager. If we ever lose Klopp, I take him tomorrow. Um, And I know you're saying to me, Will you win a trophy with him? I would have thought you will. It might not be this season, um, but hopefully for yourselves it, it could possibly be next season. I can't speak highly enough of him. Lost Kane just before the deadline, made a few buys obviously as well, lost all sorts of players. He plays a particular way and it's just great to watch. You know, If you're a neutral and you've no interest in Spurs whatsoever, you turn on the telly to watch him play. Playing at Brighton, I'm going to have to go for a Brighton win, boys. I'm sorry about that. But, you know, you're on the way up most definitely. And as long as he stays with you and he gets the backing that he should get, you'll be great. Happy Christmas, by the way.
1: Happy Christmas, but you're going to lose.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Ricky, let's come to you first. Um... I know you'll probably give your comments on uh, what Mark said there, but when you look at Brighton's form so far, it's not what we're used to seeing in the Premier League in recent seasons. In their last six, they've won two, they've drawn two and they've lost two. They seem to be quite inconsistent at the moment. Uh, Their most recent result being a 1-1 draw away at Crystal Palace. Um, What sort of game do you expect in five days' time away from home?
0: Um, I think it's going to be... uh, uh you know, a, a, a kind of celebration of football. I think that Brighton, ever since they lost their kind of left back and right back, Estipinian and I think, I can't remember who was playing on the right back then, um, but that, a lot of their attacks and a lot of their overlapping play comes from, as we know, being at Tottenham with you, you, your doggy and, and Poro, a lot of their attacks co- come from their left and right backs and, and those overlapping to kind of create space as well. So um, I think they've been a different side since they lost those players there. Um, but they're another side that are going to go out to play football. They're going to be looking to play forward attacking football. They're going to, they're not going to look to sit in. They're not going to look for a low block. They're not going to look to hold on. They're going to look to play. And and, and that's what Deserby brings to the, to the table. Um, they have lost a little bit of form. They have been kind of, you know, kind of, stumbling along uh the last couple of games. But um yeah, I i, I kind of I, I always think now that we pose the opposition more questions than they do to us. You know, they've got to worry about what we bring to the table more than what we've got to worry about what they bring to the table, which I prefer. Um I've always said that. You know, let the opposition worry about you, don't worry about the opposition. Um of course there will be plans of kind of how to kind of defend against them and how to play against them. But we, we pose more questions than them, and I think that we're going to do that on match day as well. Um, do you do you want me to... <laughs> uh, Checkmate734 has just dropped a comment saying, um, does Chris get to sleep at the Tottenham Stadium? Do you know what? The amount of time that he's there, I'm surprised that he doesn't, let me tell you. And they ca- they, they, they can't build that hotel quick enough for, for good old Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> the, the panels. You see the panels? Yeah, <laughs> the panels. Chris and the Bloody Well Panthers, we've missed them. We've missed them. Chris, do you want my prediction now, brother? Go for it. Go for it. So, uh, yeah, so I I see it as being another good game of football, but I see us implementing our style and our ferocity, and I think that we're going to win the game 3-1 without a shadow. 3-1. Rich, what sort of game do you
4: expect in five days' time against Brighton? Yeah. It's nice, it's nice to have a uh, boxing day off by the way. I
1: must get that in. It's it, nice to have Boxing Day off. It definitely is nice. Nice to have Boxing Day off, for sure. And uh, and also, going to the Christmas break on a happy note and then know that we're building as a club and looking forward to the January transfer market, for sure. Um, for me, I think Brighton's a, a team inconsistent, one. Also, um, the manager has spoken quite a bit around the philosophy for the club is obviously finding those younger players, developing those players, and then implementing them in the team. So I think they've got gaps within their team, like we have. Uh, we've got we've got a better squad, I feel, than them. Uh, better players, and uh, I think like Ricky, will it will be a it will be a back and forth game because they'll let us play. Um, the, the, the teams that we have struggled to uh, break down in the past, those low-block teams that kind of get everybody behind the ball and we're having to spend 70 minutes trying to kind of create chances to actually score. I think Brighton's going to be um, yeah back and forwards. I think we, we've still got that uh, edge with the players that we've got. And I, I feel we'll win by uh, two goals as well. Whether it's 3-1, I'm not sure. It'll be 2-0 or 3-1. Rich Deserby does um, deserve a lot of credit from what he's done at Brighton
4: because he seems to, um, you know, lose a lot of real quality players, but he seems to then somehow replace with the same quality.
1: For sure, that obviously the scouting networks are brilliant. Um, they've really spent a lot of time around how do they sustain themselves as a Premier League club, and that is definitely through that recruitment, that recruitment strand, uh, scouts. Are obviously key to that, but obviously the manager picking um, the players that fit into, again, his philosophy of of playing, not just having the players and then creating the team around them, which is what has happened to other clubs that have come up in the past. Um, And I think Brighton as a team are very well respected, obviously, in Europe this year. Uh, But as we know, if you're playing like Wednesday, Sunday or Thursday, Sunday, it can have a massive detrimental effect to the squad and how the squad plays and i feel that because they've been in europe this year that's had a massive effect on their consistency within the premier league and uh that's why i'd go for a spurs win but i'd go for a spurs win anyway to be honest Greg, how are you feeling ahead of the brighton game yeah
5: yeah it's going to be a tough tough game they they're, they're not as uh, good good as what they uh <laughs> what well, they were last season, but yes. it's always going to be a tough game against Brighton. So, you know, you can, um, I thought there was somebody about to jump on you, Chris, there behind you see <laughs> it on a set of steps or something. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a toughie, but I think we're just going to edge it. I think we'll come out two one winners. Um, I think we're going to have a bit too much from just hope Romero's Hammy's All right. I, I think the fact he was outside rather than inside and getting treatments, probably a, probably a good sign, hopefully. So, uh, hopefully it's just a precaution. But yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1 Spurs win. We'll just get over the line. Last two questions
4: for you. Ricky, let's start with you. Um, prediction on how many new signings we will get in January and the fact that we are back in the top four. Do you think we're going to stay
0: there? Position you
4: think we're going to finish at the end of the season?
0: oh okay uh on signings i reckon we will get two per two permanent signings and impossibly loan. that's what i'm going to go with um and then where we gotta where we're gonna finish in the stick? I, I i i i'll say what i've said all season which is better than last season uh but no if this form continues then I, I definitely see us upsetting the apple cart in that top four and and again you know like we've all said throughout this podcast there if but a maybe we could still be top of the league right now if but and maybe and we could still be pushing those that are at the top right now so you know aston villa are on level points right now we made them look ordinary with all of our suspensions with all of the play that we just think about that you know when we played man city they they could have should have you know peppered us but we're, we're a different side, you know, we're, we're a fighting side. Chelsea, I said, I predicted a 4-0 and we was on the way to that until everything like Tottenham, you know, we don't just have one problem, all of the problems happen at, at the same time and, and everything comes crashing down all at the same time. But we've rebuilt and like I say, that adversity has pushed us through. So I think the boys are gonna be going to be on a high and we're gonna actually start to build some momentum and um, fingers crossed uh, we are up there in and amongst it. Uh, it's got to be top four if you want to really push me. But I, I reckon we could easily, I say easily, I reckon we could push the top three.
4: OK, I am going to push you. If Spurs, oh, no! If Spurs are going to finish in the top
0: four, who are the other three? Um, The other three, Gooners will be up there. I think Liverpool will be up there and Man City will be up there. Who will win it, Rick? Oh come on! Um, Somebody different,
1: okay. Rich, I know this is your favourite question. My favourite question, and I'm Mr. Consistent with the answer. Really, Um, I think obviously the 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 games throughout the season don't lie, and the points that you gain, the points that you don't, kind of tell that story. Um, And last season, obviously, wasn't good enough. We were. substandard side uh, that we're out of a lot of games. I think this season, there's there's, there's a clear two or three teams that were up there that have already been mentioned. And from the start, especially when we're top of the league, I said we'd come fourth. Um, and I've got a sneaking feeling it might be Liverpool that win the league this year. Um, and then Man City, Arsenal, us. Um, we're a far better side than Villa. Um, I think Villa are a dirty side um, and quite fortunate. They're, they're obviously very good at home, but I think that's creating that fortress. Um, and we've had that in the past. We've had a fortress at home. We need to go back to that, go back to that, be having that fortress. And the fans are making that. Like, obviously, the atmosphere, as the, as the guys that, that go every week know what a fortress it is now. It's a nightclub uh, atmosphere, but also away from home, incredible support so thanks for everybody that goes week in week out um it, it's it's definitely going to be progress ricky for sure this year um in where we finish and fourth is where i predict
4: well the nightclub is closed so i've got to go <laughs> we'll you out. Great. Great. Um, i've forgotten even what the questions are now um where are we finish finishing and how many how many signings
1: um
5: I'd, I'd like to see three come through the door. As I've said before, a centre-back, perhaps the, the Tadeba looks looks brilliant, um, centre midfielder and a striker, whether we will. I mean, I, I would have thought somebody like Kelvin Phillips on loan for six months, it looks like he might be going to Juventus, but um, Conor Gallagher is a funny one for me. Um, I've never really rated Conor Gallagher. I, he doesn't excite me at all, so I, I'd rather steer clear of him. But I could see um, Calvin Phillips in the Spurs shirt. To be honest with you, um, where Chelsea. are we going to finish? Sorry, I was
4: going to say Ch- Chelsea doing business with Spurs. I just it's not going it. to happen.
5: <laughs> yeah, can't see never it. No, exactly, exactly. But uh, apart from that, even if he was, uh, even if they would, Conor Gallagher doesn't doesn't excite me as a player. Really, I just just can't see that one happening. Um, perhaps because he's a Chelsea player like you say, I just can't see it but wouldn't excite me um, but where are we going to finish oh, I think we're going to finish top four I think we're probably going to finish fourth if you're going to push me for position I don't see why we can't get third if we continue in this vein and getting the players back and get suitable signings in but I think City are going to win the league I think they'll come good after Christmas and New Year they always do they always come on strong um, I think City's just going to going to pit Liverpool so, yeah, fourth, I'm going to say.
0: Also, do you know what? We've had our dip. Do you know what I mean? We've had our dip, and we've had everything happen all at the same time. Goon is yeah. having had their dip. Villa are having had their dip. Do you know what I mean? There's a couple. You know, Man City are having their dip right now. So so who knows where we could go? Who knows? Who knows?
5: That's How it. And it that's it. I think if Villa lose Ollie Watkins, you know, you know that that's a big loss for them. Whereas, you know, if we lose the centre forward, I think we've got players that can fill that void. So, yeah, you're right about Villa.
4: Craig, thanks so much for joining us this evening, and have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, what have you got planned you. for Christmas?
5: Uh, yeah, just going to the in-laws um, and just generally probably eating too much, drinking too much. And uh, but you're right; it's nice to have Boxing Day off, um, as in you haven't got to stress about Tottenham on Boxing Day, so, so it's nice to have it a bit later in the week. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Merry Christmas to everybody watching. You, know, you have a lovely Christmas. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, is now called that, dear 9 that'd be lovely. If not, no worries at all. And I'll see you on the next one.
4: I love it how you said earlier, if you want to push me. Of course, I push all of you to give me the answers. It's what you're here for. <laughs> Richard, great to have you back. Um, What have
1: you got planned for Christmas and where can people find you? Uh, Yes, just training for my next ventures next year on the road. Also some exciting stuff coming along, uh, which is brilliant. Uh, But it's uh, always great to be on the show supporting Club I Love, but also be part of this group as well and encourage everybody to follow Chris and put so much time and effort into what he delivers. that everybody needs to get behind him for sure. So keep doing the great work, mate. And the rest of the guys, have a great Christmas as well.
4: Thank you so much, Rich. And uh, great to have you back on again. And Ricky, um, I tell you what, every single time, or most times I get stopped in the stadium, when people say, love the podcast, love what you do, your name always comes up. And no disrespect to anyone else that comes on this channel, the amount of people who say, Ricky's my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Well, wow. um, I love you. You're all my favourites too, honestly. It's always an honour and a pleasure to be on. Um, I, I, I love this show. And like, like Rich was saying there, if you haven't subscribed to Chris yet, I mean, he's going to have Sa- he's had a Sandro teaser on today and he's going to have Sandro in next year. So if you want Sandro on the damn show, make sure you subscribe. Do not miss it. Do not miss out because Chris will always get you the exclusives. You know what I mean? Um, no, that's love. That's so much beautiful love from the fans. Thank you um it's much appreciated myself on christmas day um, much like craig i'm gonna be eating and drinking too much i'm trying to use this break to kind of prepare my body for what comes next uh from boxing day i'm gonna get to the gym and start getting my fitness back up because come first of january it goes absolutely mental with dancing and ice it goes crazy um i've just seen my first week some of the times they've got me waking up is ridiculous, um, but no, it's going to be a fun adventure and, and, and um, I'm gonna be prepping for that. But to everybody out there uh, celebrating right now Christmas or enjoying these holidays as some of you call it, listen, have a great one. Make sure that you remember the best things in life are the friends and the family and the connections that you make, those memories that you make. It's not about the material things, it's not about the iPad, it's not about the phone, or anything like that. It's about the, the, the people that are kind of there for you week in, week out, day in, day out. People that love you and support you in the highs and in the lows and um, never forget what the true meaning of Christmas is. And, and that's to kind of sh- share love, spread love and appreciate those people that appreciate you.
4: Very well said. Thank you, Rick. And uh, I tell you what, I've really, really <laughs> enjoyed this podcast this evening, uh, not just because Tottenham have won. But I've been joined by great company again and throughout the year, I can't express my thanks enough to the three of you and everyone else who has come on um, you know, throughout 2023. And let's hope that 2024 is going to be successful for Tottenham and uh, everyone. And uh, have a great Christmas, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, as the guys have said, if you don't subscribe to the channel yet, please do hit that subscribe button. And uh, I know I've had a couple of comments saying have a couple of days off you know that's not going to happen <laughs> there'll still be there'll still be content out on christmas day so look forward to it <laughs> but thanks for watching thanks for all of your support as uh, as always and uh, i will see you on the next one until then come on you Spurs come on